0: Good morning, everybody. Today is uh, the middle reading of the holiday readings, which are read first two days of Sukkot and also the second day of Passover. So we're really in the middle of Yom Tov. Yes, this is my Bar Mitzvah Torah reading, Uh, today's Torah reading. So today we're actually reading about Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which is included in that reading. So one of the things it says there is zichron trua in reference to the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, the Torah tells us zichron trua, which is uh, an oddity in terms, because either you're supposed to blow the shofar, you're not supposed to blow the shofar. When it says that on Rosh Hashanah you should blow the shofar, one of the terms it uses is zichron trua, a, a, a remembrance of sounds. So from here we derive, first of all, the idea that there is such a thing as not blowing the shofar on Shabbat, that you can celebrate Rosh Hashanah and have only zikron trua, a remembrance of the blowing of the shofar, but not the actual shofar itself. But obviously, when Rashi applies this, he's not there; he's there to give us pshutishal mikra. How do we understand this verse in a simple form? What is meant? when the Torah tells us, zikhron Trua," a memorial of shofar. So Rashi says, what is it reference to? Anybody want to guess? It's a reminder of the ram of Akedah HaSitzchak. When it says zikhron Trua," it says, what it's teaching us is that the blowing of the shofar on Rosh Hashanah is there to remind us zikron to bring up a memory of trua of the use of a shayfer when of um, Abraham bound Yitzchak for the Akedah. Okay, that's really very nice. But what does it have to do with Rosh Hashanah? <laughs> that's a nice explanation. But what does it have to do with Rosh Hashanah? So if you look in the Rosh Hashanah liturgy itself, you could see an association. Basically. We're asking Hashem for blessings for the new year, and we remind Hashem, you know, you can look at our, iniqu- our current iniquities if you choose, but we're a pretty good history, we're not such bad guys. And our great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather was willing to sacrifice his son to uh, based on your command, just because you said so. And so therefore, for that alone, we should be remembered for good this year. That's what we say in our davening on Rosh Hashanah. But the truth is, on a deeper level, Rosh Hashanah is the time that we crown and coronate Hashem as our king for the new year. Acceptance of the yoke of a king demands mesiris nefesh, self-sacrifice. You have to be willing when you accept, what what do we mean when we say Kabbalah's oil, acceptance of the yoke of Hashem? It means being prepared to engage in self-sacrifice. And so when we make the declaration on Rosh Hashanah and we say, we're crowning you as the king, Hashem, and we're ready to do anything you want even to the point of self-sacrifice, Hashem says, "Eh, talk is cheap. It's easy for you to say that, but do you really mean it? So we bring in the story of Yitzchak, and we say, no, 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 no. It's not just talk. This is the way we live. This is the way our ancestors, our patriarchs, started off their relationship with you. There was actual Mercedes Nefesh, and so therefore, Hashem, we have good credit, street cred, when it comes to Mesides Nefesh. What's the takeaway? The takeaway from this is that Mercedes Nefesh doesn't... You know, my my wife loves to say, it's one of her favorite quotes, that Mercedes Nefesh, self-sacrifice in Russia, was being willing to die as a Jew. That was what was called self-sacrifice. That for your Judaism, you're willing to die. They took you, they arrested you, sent you away to Siberia for 20 years, or whatever it was. You're willing to die as a Jew. In America, what is Mercedes Nefesh? The willingness to live as a Jew. In Russia, self-sacrifice meant you were willing to die as a Jew. In America, self-sacrifice means you're willing to live as a Jew. It's a very different thought. So for us, self-sacrifice is possibly coming to the minion, is self-sacrifice. There's a dozen other things I could be doing now. I could be in the gym. I could be at a cafe zipping double mocha cafe lattes without the mocha and leave out the cream, right? you go out to people, it's unbelievable to try to go out to eat with somebody. You sit down, the guy says, I'm going to order a tuna salad, but please leave out the tuna. Choose. And a burger, no pickles. No pickles, no salad, no, uh, and, no bo- and no meat. You just order a bun, you go into the store, right? No so, bun. huh? No bun either, are going to need carbs, I don't know, too are going to you. the carbs, right? <laughs> so, so in America means to be willing to live as a Jew. Forgo all of that opportunity to go into Starbucks and confuse the barista with your cockamamie order and instead come to shul, daven with a minion. Learn tighter a little bit afterwards. That is Mesides Nefesh. So today's takeaway is we as Jews have been inbred into our DNA with a sense of self-sacrifice ever since Avram Avinu. But we're fortunate in these last final moments of Golos before the coming of Mashiach that Mesides Nefesh doesn't mean we have to chas v'shalom die. Mesides Nefesh no, no longer means that we have to chas v'shalom suffer. Mesiris Nefesh today inbred in us in Savarom Avinu is the willingness to devote ourselves to Torah mitzvahs. So let's go out and devote ourselves to one more mitzvah, especially the mitzvah of Yisrael, and through that, we will open up the floodgates of Geula for us and for all of Cloud Yisrael with the coming of Mashiach. May it happen now. Amen. Amen. L'chaim, everybody.